Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom Fertile, Tom DeAngelis. Welcome, one and all. Thanks, David. David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. But before we break up in the bread of life, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see what the Lord wants to share with us today? Absolutely. In the name of the the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. 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 Heavenly Father, we offer you this day. We offer you the joys the sufferings, the works, the challenges, the opportunities. Today, we're especially mindful of all those who are suffering from the the weather around the country, the different areas, our thoughts and prayers with all of our first responders and all those who seek to keep people safe. We ask for your grace and a steady hand for all of them. We ask today, Lord, for your guidance for our time together, that we may be inspired by your Holy Spirit, that we may speak with your mouth, using your words. We ask for an opening of the hearts and minds of those listening, that again, your will be done and your word be heard, and that we may be inspired to go forth and do all we can to build your kingdom here on earth. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? This is a reading from Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Jesus said to his disciples, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you. If two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow, what a challenging gospel. Mm Mm-hmm. And again, to me, great learning lessons. If your brother sins against you, go and tell your other friends, the other people at the church. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. It says go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. That, to me, is a huge learning lesson. In the past, I would take an offense to somebody else and say, what do you think? Then I think of somebody else and say, what do you think? It's not what Scripture tells us to do here. Scripture wants us to pray it up Invite the Holy Spirit into my heart, because it says down below where two or three are gathered, He is there with us. The Lord is with us. So for me, pray it up. Invite the Holy Spirit into the meeting. And then what the Lord has taught me in this whole practice is to go to the person who's offended me, who, as they say, has sinned against me, and ask permission to share 
what's in your heart. Ask permission to share that offense that you took. And so for me, that that asking of permission opens that person's heart. And then with the Holy Spirit present, pray it up with the person. Start with prayer. Then share with him what he did or she did that hurt you. We cannot take the bait of Satan, which is to take up an offense. If our brother sins against us, we need to start praying for that person. We need to forgive that person. We need to ask God the grace to be able to forgive that person. So for me, it's really staying in that communion so that we don't tell everybody else before we take it to that person alone. Because that just starts a rumor mill, a gossip mill that can tear apart churches, tear apart families. And then a lot of times you come to realize what you thought wasn't reality. Now, how do you go get it all back? You can't. Yeah. Earlier in the week, uh, somebody in an earlier gospel reflection had pointed out that, you know, there's a difference sometimes between sins, uh, which he gave an example, and I and I really think it was a good one. Those are things that have been that you can objectively measure against God's law. So, for example, if somebody gives scandal about you. Uh, or they they lie about you. You know they say, oh, this guy had an affair years ago, and that's a sin. That's an that's an objectively you know offense. That's not just oh, it made me feel bad. There are other things that do make us feel bad, and I think we need to go to people and talk with them about those things too. But I think a lot of times people look at sin. And they think it's that second one. It's that subjective, oh, it offended me. It hurt me. And there are things like that that we should talk to people about that maybe aren't even objectively offended. Maybe they said something that most people wouldn't even interpret, but it offended you because of your background or your experience or the way you interpreted it. And so that's one way that we can talk to our brother or sister about. But the other things... um, and I think what Jesus is referring to here are sins where somebody lied about you or they uh, they did they're doing something wrong um, objectively in the church you know they're they're missing mass on Sunday or they're you know and those are all things that even especially as parents we have to do with our kids as they're growing up you know there's things we have to correct our children on because they're objectively wrong they're just wrong against the laws of the church or against the laws of the government or whatever so I think those are two ways that we can look at this, but I think there is a difference between those things that offend me that aren't necessarily objectively wrong. They're just a matter, a difference of opinion and sharing that with another person. Uh, And then those things that are sinful that we then take to the next level of two or three people, and then we take to the church. And the other thing I think is interesting here is Jesus says, you know, treat them as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. And typically we think of cutting them off, you know, excluding them, not dealing with them anymore. But that's not the way Jesus treated the tax collectors and the Gentiles. He invited them in. Well, maybe not so much the Gentiles, but definitely the tax collectors. He went to dinner with them. He tried to invite them back into the into the family. So I don't think he means completely cut them off, but I do think he means treat them as you would a tax collector. Keep them at arm's length, but that doesn't mean it's the end of your of your dealing with them completely, you know. And I think it's important here because as we read through this and we let the Holy Spirit work on our own hearts, so if a brother sins against you, then you go and you mm-hmm. tell him the, the fault between you and him alone. I think that's start number one. Right. And if he listens to you, you've won over your brother. In other words, if his heart was opened, he has the humility, it's beautiful. But if he does not listen, here's what's important. Take one or two others along with you so that every opinion you have, nope, Every fact may be established on the testimony or two or three 
witnesses. So these aren't people that agree with your opinion. These are witnesses to the offense, witnesses to the sin. And right. and I think this right. establishing every fact is so that you truly know clearly what was the motives, what was the intention of the heart. Because I always find in the case of sin, I got to look in a mirror because a lot of times I'm a culprit. I, I'm, I'm, you know, a part of that cause of that sin to occur. So for me, this finding of facts, I think is important to sit down with humility to let two or three witnesses actually hear both of us. You know, and it and it's it's easy to try to dismiss something. It's easy to avoid the situation. It, it seems easier to not go and talk honestly with somebody because it's difficult. We worry about the relationship. We worry about even hurting them. Uh, we worry about how they might respond to us. And so sometimes we just think, well, I'll just, I'll just hold it in or I'll, you know, I'll bury that. I'll forget about it. And that, that never works out well because it, it doesn't. It, it festers. Mm-hmm. It stays around somewhere. It has to be dealt with. And of course, you know, the counsel from the Lord is, well, take that to the person. In this day and age especially, how many people air those grievances, air that offense, air that elsewhere. I mean, social media alone is full of people who they had a, you know, and whether it's something personal, you know, and they talk about somebody, not by name, but, you know, I had a person who did this to me. Can you believe it? And they're airing it to a couple hundred friends on Facebook. Even basic things, even how many times you somebody had a bad experience with a company or a customer service. And rather than, you know, going and talking to somebody at the, they want to air out to the entire world how that store's person was hard. I mean, that's the mentality that we've sunken into in our society, which is I'll air it to the world and I'll somehow get people to, you know, either respect me or feel sorry for me because I tell the whole world my problems rather than addressing them head on. And our Lord is clear. As you said, Dave, take it to that person, take others if need be, but address the issue and, and, and get it out in the open with love, with charity, with truth, but, but deal with it. Yeah, that that's the hard part is the last part that you said with love, with charity, with truth. Um, and I think, too, you know, one of the things I've tried to do, uh, especially later in life, is is whenever I have a difficult conversation I have to have with somebody is to sit down and think about it ahead of time. But also, what's what's the benefit for them? What am, what is what am I doing in love here? Why is it? Is this just for me? Am I just upset? Do I want to get it off my chest? Or is there really some benefit here in terms of they would be better off if they knew this? It would be a better relationship. They would be a better person, you know, to other people, not just to me. Um, you know, so I think that that's helpful because it really gets you to reflect on the benefit for the other person. So it really gets you focused more on am I doing this out of love or am I doing this because I'm just right. ticked off because it irritated me or because it's happening over and over again and I just got to get it off my chest? Well, that's for me. You know, and then it probably comes across that way. It comes right. across with a little bit of irritation. It maybe a lot of irritation, but it does. It just rubs the wrong way, and then you can shade it the other way. And you know, when it works, it works really well because you sit down with somebody and you say, "Look, I this has really been bothering me. I just have to share this with you." And it's you. Know, but there are ways to do that, and if you think about it ahead of time, a lot of times, especially with those things that are really irritating, it just works so much better. And it really comes down to what you said: is just get your heart set on: Am I doing this for them, or am I doing this for me? You know, am I doing this because they'll be a better person if they get my feedback, whether they take it or not? At least they've heard it. Or am I doing it for me because I'm irritated and I just want to get it out, you know? I just want to, or I want to offend them. I want to offend them back because they hurt me, you know? And get and get a whole lot of people on your side. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's which then causes a division in the church, right? And for right. me, as we read this, we have to understand this is all about 
healing of the one body of Christ, reconciliation, restoration. Like you said, Tom, it's for the betterment of the other, not for my own edification. You know, so for me, I want to understand, will it help or will it hurt? And I always got to be open to be used by the Holy Spirit to help somebody, to not be remain silent, because it is tough sometimes. But I also don't care, am not licensed to go out there and judge people, condemn people, whack them up alongside the head with the Bible. Stop. That's not what we're called to do. But many times people read this and say, see that? I've got to tell them they're a sinner. I've got to tell them. Stop. This is about helping that person. You know, when we look in the back readings that come with us, you know, one comes from, I think it's Ezekiel, and one comes from Romans. It's all about loving your neighbor. It's all about love. It's centered and grounded in love in the, in the, in the reading from Romans. And in Ezekiel, you know, it's about not being afraid to be that voice of the Holy Spirit delivered with love and humility. You know, as as parents, when we counsel our children, we 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 explain why we're having this conversation. When we take them to task for something, you know, we explain it. This yeah. is why I'm I'm bringing this up. As employers, employees, you know, we sit with people and we explain this is why this is coming up. Well, what you're saying, Tom, it's right along those same lines. To talk to somebody, say, this is why I'm bringing this up. This is why. Here's my desired outcome. Right. I am hoping for that healing. I am hoping that our our relationship can improve. I am hoping. I'm not bringing this in ill will, but explaining why we're bringing something up can go a long way to giving that other person peace, giving opening that that heart, David, to to, to hear you know what's being said, and 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 generally sharing. This is out of concern for us together, you know, not a vindictive thing, not just for me to air my grievances, but I want healing between us. And here's why I want to bring this up, you know. And you know what? I have fallen down many times based on this verse because I've done the opposite. I've held it in. I've not told the person. They're my friends. I don't want to hurt them. It's okay. They can do that. It's all right. No, that didn't hurt me. But guess what? Then it builds, as you said, Tom, and it builds and it builds. And finally, when it breaks, it's broken too far for the restoration, the healing. And that that's key because I, I've had it happen in my life. Whereas had I immediately gone to them, had a meeting, invited the Holy Spirit in, prayed it up, asked permission and shared it, a lot of these situations could have been, been diluted and dissolved as opposed to this just building up to where it's like a volcanic eruption. Yeah, I, you know, and and I believe that you know um, we do have a recourse here to 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 step away from a truly bad situation. You know, mm-hmm. the Lord says, try it. You know, alone, try it again with others. Try it with the church, and then you know, again, we're still we're still acting with love. We still do not hate that person. We're to love everybody. Don't even have to like them, though. In other words, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the point is, if someone right. truly is vindictive and abusive, and you know, we can distance ourselves from them. We still pray for them. We still love them. But I don't have to put myself in harm's way, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. if if someone truly has, after being approached with love and charity and and truth, um, continues down some path. You know, just just to so clear to everybody, you don't have to put yourself in 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 the, in the as a focus of abuse or or mistreatment. Right. You know, we have that recourse to say, right. I'm going to be at arm's length. And I'll pray for that person, but I don't have to, you know, put up with something that's truly not, you know, mm-hmm. not right or, or unjust behavior. Yeah, and that's the key with the tax collectors and the, you know, tax collectors and, and those and the Gentiles is they're not in the inner circle, they're right. not in the inner co- circle of confidence. But that means the prayer for them needs to intensify. 
the showing Christ's love to them, absolutely intensify it. Because it's not about disowning them. That's mm-hmm. not correct. Absolutely not correct. But it's also recognizing where they're at in their journey, and there needs to be that safe safety barrier for you in how far you bring them in in the inner circle. But my goodness, pray for them. You know, and 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 Jesus elsewhere in the scriptures tells us about the fact that he actually turns people over to Satan so that through that turning over to Satan, they can come to salvation through that experience and be saved. So, I mean, even Jesus says that elsewhere in Scripture. So for me, you know, we're allowing them to, their choices and the consequences of those choices to have an effect, you know, not be part of the family, whatever, so that they can come to salvation. At the end of the day, it's for the good of the other. At the end of the day, it's about restoration, healing, re- you know, reconciliation, it's what it's about. How, how are we? Are we instruments in the healing, or are we obstacles? I heard something earlier in the week, um, and I don't remember the source of it. it. It was either like a Fulton Sheen, or it might have been Bishop Barron, even. But there was an interpretation, a very one short sentence interpretation, said that God allowed the devil to tempt Job and to test Job because he knew Job was going to come through, and it would tick the devil off so much. It would be such an <laughs> irritation for the devil when it was all finished. But the the thing that I think is really most important that you both of you guys have been bringing up is is that when you deal with a person at that level, it's not so it's not so much a temptation for us as it is a, more of a discipline. But in the in all the things that you've been saying, where you approach the person with love, you approach them with you know with a sense of what's best for them. Um, I think the other thing that I've seen, I've noticed this especially in business when you're talking with a, tr- a problem employee or somebody that you really need to c- turn around is that when you go at them from the standpoint of saying, this is what I need from you, you know, you're better than that. You can be, it, it not only um, brings out a more positive from them, but it also gives them a different impression. Well, if the boss or somebody that's in charge or somebody who's in a higher authority thinks this much of me, then maybe there is something good, you know. So, and there are a lot of people who are walking around carrying baggage from growing up as a kid where there's, they're, they're not feeling good about themselves. And we've all had to deal with people in a, in a super supervisory role as a supervisor. So I think that's one of the things parents the same way. You know, if you're you're bringing out the best in your children, if you're doing what's the the highest good for them, it really is trying to go at them and say, "This this is what I need from you. Not just that's wrong, but this is what the behavior I need. And this is why I need it. Because you're going to need to be this kind of a person when you get out into the world. You'll be, it'll make you more successful, and you can do it. You're that kind of, you know, I've seen you. I know you're that kind of person. So it's a whole different way of approaching uh, that. But there are those situations where you're dealing with incorrigible people, with people who just are put themselves on the other side. And I think that's what Jesus means when he says the tax collectors know they're doing the wrong thing, but they go ahead and do it anyway. There, there, there's some of us. There's some of there are brothers in the, you know, in the faith, but they go, they just go over to the other side. And they're going to be there because that's where the money is. And, and you're not going to change their hearts. But maybe you can. But, you're, you know, Jesus got a few of them, but he didn't get all of them, you know. And it's not easy always to to pray for somebody like that. Yeah. You know, again, I want to teach morality with the high school students. We'd talk about this scripture. We'd talk about, uh, you know, uh, loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you. And like, well, how do I do that? Because the temptation is, you know, uh, oh, Lord, you know, um, you know, Bob is such a horrible person. Please, you know, change him and mold him. No, 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 no. You know, I, I, always, told, I always told students the prayer yeah, is, yeah. Lord, I don't know what Robert needs, but you do. 
And if I can be an instrument in this process, help me. But help, give him whatever he needs. That was always the prayer I told, I would tell, uh, you know, my students. The, the prayer is very simple. Give that person, Lord, whatever they need. You know, I don't know what they need. And, and, and God, for, and dare I think I know what they need. I may have my opinions and thoughts, but the Lord knows their heart. The Lord knows yeah. what's really behind what's going on. Because yeah. anything, any any vindictiveness, any, there, there's a pain there. There's a loss. There's, a, there's something there. And it's not my place to know. Um, and so the prayer, how do you pray for an enemy? It's very simple. Lord, whatever they need, that, that's how I pray for that person, not by trying to call out what I think their faults are. You know, then I get into the whole speck in my, or the, the timber in my eye versus the speck in theirs. So, you know. I agree. And then also, you know, that what you just hit on, Tom, is that key to praying. Jesus says here, if, this is Jesus speaking, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them by my heavenly Father. That's powerful. So I'm thinking about a husband and wife. If the husband and wife unite in prayer for their children, how powerful is that? If two friends unite in prayer for whatever it is, how powerful is that? The key is keep praying, uniting with friends, trusting in God, he will answer all prayers. I had a little education lesson a couple weeks ago. I was at Mass, and I was offering the Mass up for a friend of mine who's battling a horrific cancer, and, you know, it's threatening to take his life, and, you know, he's getting worse, not better. And I'm like, Lord, it feels like—this is me talking, I'm sorry, it's just me—you're not answering my prayers. I go to my spiritual director, who happens to be his cousin, I said, I don't understand why, you know, because we agree, we want him to be healed. And he said, David, God will heal him. He said, in the ultimate healing— is to bring him home to heaven. So your prayers will be answered. Our prayers will be answered. But you need to be surrendered in how the Lord wants to answer them. And if he chooses to draw him home to himself this way and heal all his pains and all his wounds by bringing him into the kingdom of heaven, who are you to complain? And well, that just I totally changed my whole perspective you know, on, well, you know, why aren't you healing him? <laughs> yeah. Well, and and two, I mean, it, your prayers are effective. Yes. Yeah? Because he's he's getting what in God's uh, understanding of him as his father and creator, he most needs, you know? And I think that's the, the wisdom that you got from your spiritual director is that he's getting what he needs. And and I, I've often reflected on that. You know, I've had difficult times, and we all have had difficult times in our life, but to look back on those things and not with regret or with frustration or with anger and say, thank you, Lord, that's what I needed at that time. Right. And that's what I need in my life now to be able to look back on to learn the lessons or to have the humility or whatever it, whatever it is. But I've taken to looking back on things, not with regret or with what if or, you know, whatever, but looking back and saying, thank you. Now, what do, what do I learn from this? Or what kind of a person has this made me that you wanted me to be? Because nothing, nothing for the last many years of my life, all the years of my life, nothing has happened that hasn't been that God hasn't had providence over it. So I have to look at that and say, what what were you telling me? I didn't I didn't hear it. I didn't couldn't make it couldn't make sense out of it like your prayer David. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't know why I was going through it. I have no idea why you did that to me, but now I can look back on it and say, what did I learn? What what did, what did you want me to know? It's it's right. a communion with God, not a not a hey, what's going on here? That's you know? the key because you look at it 
when we pray for those causes, when we pray for those people, when we pray and we sometimes don't see the answer the way we are expecting it, <laughs> yeah. what does that do for us? Yeah. We get further, we go further down the journey then. We draw yeah. closer. We have more communion because God's teaching us something. So that's the beauty of praying for other people is of course we're affected by that prayer. Of course it changes our heart yeah. and it draws us closer to God. That's that's the beauty of of praying for others and praying for other yeah. causes is that we of course grow in our faith as well. It's It's a beautiful thing. You know, and it's beautiful as I'm sitting here, I'm reading the last line of our reading today from the Gospel of Matthew. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And I'm looking at the fourth seat at our table. And can you even envision the fact that our Lord Jesus Christ just promised us, just told it, that he's in that fourth chair. He's here with us. Do we get that? When we gather in his name, when we pray, he's with us, praying with us. I love it. It's beautiful. I mean, I just happened to see that, and I saw the empty chair, and it's like, you know what? It's not empty. Jesus just told us he's here with us. Hey, Rob, you'll never guess who we had in your chair last <laughs> week. <laughs> well, good old uh, Monsignor Kajasi, God rest his soul, used to say, when two or three are gathered, you know, pass the hat. But uh, I like the... Uh, <laughs> I, I like this interpretation much better, David. Um, it, it, it is true. When we come together, again, when we come together, I, again, I don't think the Lord's message is, you know, well, you have more people, the, the, you know, God pays more attention. No, it's about what it does for us. It's about what it does for us coming together. We are now in communion right. with one another, together with God. I always say it's the lateral and the horizontal. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, God and I in lateral, but we come together, it's horizontal. It's we as brothers and sisters in Christ coming together for a common purpose. So again, we're changed through that prayer. Yeah. And you know, we, we read about this, you know, whatever you bind in heaven, earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And that whole reading to me is all about our hearts and the, the reality of forgiveness or unforgiveness. Because when I choose not to forgive, I have that free will choice and it's bound, you know, mm-hmm. but through the grace of God, when I choose to forgive, my heart's loosed, and I'm loosed, and I'm free. So I really think that's important because every time, I always say this, every time God brings a sinner into my life, it's to reveal my sin, my prejudice, my arrogance, my pride, whatever it is. And so many times the Lord uses little children to teach me. So boy, I, I, I want to go to class every day. I want to go as a, as a little student, as a child. I don't want to go to my father. I want to learn because I want my father in heaven to perfect Christ within me so that I can be that invitation, that light, that sign of hope to a world that is desperately crying out for that relationship, the one relationship that will satisfy with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go be those lights to the world, those signposts that draw this world to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 
367-0100. Stewardship A Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.